Hello everyone, welcome to Artist Date. My name is Jana Komarnitska and this is Pedro Bonato and in this show we're talking all subjects related to creative artistic life including adventures and struggles of uh, living, working and traveling together. Yeah, today we have a very uh, special, today instead of being like me bringing a subject and Yana bringing a subject, we decided to, since the beginning of the year, uh, with, I was thinking a lot about uh, online learning and the strategies for that. And then I thought, oh, I do it in a specific way, Yana does it in a specific way. So we thought that would be an interesting subject. To, and to also do. we create online learning too. Yes, so... Uh, <laughs> Before we actually talk a little bit about that, so uh, just a little housekeeping. Um, if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, if uh, you are listening to this on uh, Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts or Google Play, we would appreciate if you did your uh, if you did like a review of uh, on those platforms. If you enjoyed the. the the show if you are on youtube or rumble because we're putting this in different platforms throughout this year too uh just leave a like subscribe to the channel so you can get uh, more of these uh, episodes and um that's basically it uh, let's uh, get started yeah and the topic of today's discussion is online learning but i'm sure you will bring one subject around it i will bring another i would say multiple probably today's and for me also, I felt like it was so um, interesting when you suggested to talk about online learning specific in this episode, because this is the topic that is right now circling. It's not just us, how we consume online educational content, but last few weeks, we were a lot communicating with our students online right. to see how they consume the content that mm. we produce so it kind of was interesting to see all, for me personally like all that range of approaches and uh, mm. it's very cool that you brought yeah, it up yeah it's interesting because uh, well we should also mention like uh, that usually we do uh, let's say uh, we sponsor ourselves in this uh, in this program where we talk about the Yana Dance Cloud that it's like an online platform where Yana teaches dancing sometimes they teach drumming and um, it's it's very cool and uh, it's a big part of our work uh, today that makes it possible to have this uh, nomadic lifestyle for these uh, months like and it's something like online learning has been in our as creators of content has been on our lives at least since 2014 i think since we did our first dvd <laughs> together uh, so it has been it has been around right and it's uh, so in this episode i just want to make sure like this is not we're not like in this case i'm not Push, it's not an ad for you to sign up to Yana Dance yeah. Club. It's like it, if you would like to try to dance and see what we're trying to do in terms of this, um, let's say, uh, philosophy of uh, teaching, it's cool. But we're actually talking more about our own journeys and approaches. But of course, we, we will probably mention, I even didn't even think that, remember that you were doing all these interviews with our like uh, students and members, but it's like, it, it will come up, but it's sort of like on our, for you to help you think of how we think about uh, online learning. So, uh, but it's interesting. So you were doing like what, like 10 whatever interviews with um, students that have been in the club for a while. And then you got like, oh, people are using it in such different ways, right? Mm -hmm. It's interesting how appealing which components, but I think also our club like attracts a certain audience. But it was interesting how 
Um, so the struggles with my online learning and my preferences that I try to put on when we were creating Yana Dance Club, that's where like I was really happy that someone was mentioning, oh, this really appeals to me. That's why like I use it. I was like, oh, that was the, mm -hmm. the point for me. Although it's not like advertising, like for instance, we were some things we were not advertising specifically or pushing like uh, for that. Um, even the uh, format of like, okay, it's 20 minute drill, like for the dance club, but it has a warm up in the beginning. So it's not just a tutorial and you go to teacher, which is happens a lot in dance classes. Then you go and it's a very cool breakdown of movement, but it's kind of like you need to do the drilling on your own. So you need to warm up, you need mm. to drill and go on. But I think it was written there. No, but it was not like the selling point, etc. But uh, it also was uh, uh, very interesting to see um, how people, because it was very different, I feel like, feedback two years ago even when we started but two years ago it was that crazy push world where that everyone suddenly switched to online uh, right. education not switch they were forced to go but back then there was a lot of resistance oh online education is not uh, the same as in person or oh, it's not as effective as in per and I'm talking right now about dance mm. dance field like because it's of course obviously different but I'm sure it's not um, just about dance in other fields people probably who were forced suddenly to go online even in schools for kids yeah. online classes it's not the same as students sitting in a class with a teacher and uh, most people, or many people, not most, but many people were trying just simply to imitate exactly the experience mm -hmm. live. So it's like, okay, you still go at this time, you still go live, uh, you yep. try to like give a feedback on the screen, and it has value. But I think now people start, at least from like my community and surrounding, from whom I like communicated, people more and more start trying to utilize other benefits of having online yeah. resources that you can do it on your own time and uh, you can do it within like your schedule you can put your goals choose and of course this variety of like teachers that and subjects that you can access these days on in online world yeah like uh, to me i was thinking a lot about this uh, these days because uh, i was able to like so just to come back a little bit uh, i actually I'm thinking about online, like sort of like ways of online learning in a way, like what since 2006, I think. Um, and it was one of those uh, things that then I was comparing to my own experience of, of, uh, of uh, online, online learning. And I think one of the big differences that happened today, independently of, okay, this format for this specific subject, um, it's more the that you create your own curricula, mm -hmm. like that's, and you want to learn. And you're going after it on purpose, instead of saying like, okay, now you're in school, now you have to learn this subject. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Like yeah. to me, like the idea of online learning, the big revolution, independent of the format, because the format of course is gonna be important. Of course, uh, there are things you can do online that you cannot do live, or at least, and vice versa. But at the same end, there is like the immediate feedback of learning certain things with uh, that it's necessary when you're, not necessary, it's better when you're learning a skill. Also, it's not universal how people learn. 
Yes. Right? So some people need, they're very tactile. They need to really try to do stuff. Some people are very like auditory. So they really need to listen to the thing and do. Some people need to see you doing it and then do. So there is all very, and there is the why. There is the, let's say, the time period that people do have to do certain things. There is the safety of doing certain things too. Like, so, uh, like if you're going to learn how to be stunt uh, double in a movie, you may want to actually learn with the person next to you rather than trying mm -hmm. to jump off the building from a YouTube video, <laughs> yes, you know? That's for sure. But I also think it depends on the uh, subject that you're learning and on the uh, level that you are currently at. So like for beginners, if they're learning some like dance skills or even music skills, like, yeah, it's important for teacher, like, you know, to maybe check the position of your hand on the guitar. So right away you develop the correct uh, like skills. But at the same time, for me, because I got into online learning, uh, obviously way before, like, I don't know, I started taking online classes, well, 10 years ago, maybe, yeah. like five, seven years ago, I was active like with uh, individual classes via Skype, with teachers, etc. But I always had this feeling and preference like, no, like I was not in the beginning of my dance journey and most of my online learning was about dance journey, although we did a lot of online learning for like business marketing other and other two other things too. But even to say about dance, uh, for me at some point I was craving like, no, give me the piece of video which I can go on my own time, I can repeat it as many times as I want, I can polish, I can get the best version of it as possible on my own and then I will come for feedback because if it's immediate yeah. feedback like yeah you're commenting on the raw stuff obviously I don't know the sequence yet or I cannot focus on technique because I'm just trying to memorize the sequence so mm -hmm. you're kind of commenting on my draft instead of first version of what I can present. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things like, at least for me, because um, I was able to, I'm mentioning, and I really wanted to talk about this because I had three different approaches for, for online learning for three different subjects. Mm. And uh, I saw different results in them too. So then I thought, oh, this is actually interesting. So for example, photography, uh, even though I had teachers in university, that were teaching me photography, they were not teaching me photography because it's university, they don't teach you stuff. And uh, <laughs> that's my bias. Uh, but like, I really did not have a good education in terms of the technique of photography. Mm -hmm. But I had, when I was like 14, when I had my first uh, like photography classes back in film days, those old times. And, but I remember I had a great teacher in like local teacher in my city. And then he actually broke down, like, let's say the, the technical part of photography a lot more like, no, sorry, the theoretical part of photography. Mm. What's an f-stop? What's an aperture? Like all those things. And then I remember being like, I loved photography, but I couldn't still relate to the, um, to the actual craft of it. And then many, 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 many years later, when I started doing like photography as a, like, when I started doing like studio photography work in my, in my masters, and uh, I'm sorry, I'll be very blunt about this, but the masters in art is basically, if you actually want to learn skills, is basically a useless uh, 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 degree. At least it was for me, and uh, I've never seen anyone that has a, a master's in art that is actually useful. But I learned a lot live from the technicians at the university. And that's when my 
journey of learning online started with uh, and we're going probably to give a lot of like references so mm -hmm. it might be useful for people like creative live was the first um online platform that i started l l learning and trying to use and they had some of the best photographers doing uh again mm -hmm. this is not an ad i'm just mentioning a, a like a, a, a service that i really loved and during my master's, everything, I must say, like, I would say 90% of stuff that I learned in terms of photography, in terms of skill, in terms of um, technique, in terms of little tips. And not only that, even the deeper things, like, oh, why would you come up with a concept for a photo, thinking of, um, of colors as uh, emotional, like, hooks and things like that. It did not come from critical theory in art school. It came from learning from some of the best photographers that are giving these classes in that specific platform. And then, this is what, 2011, I guess? And then since then, my approach to photography has always been, okay, let me suck in everything that this person has. Let me learn the technique and then go to apply. Mm -hmm. And then not to make it too, too long, but then in terms of video, for example, which I started doing more because of you, actually, it was like, Okay, I need to do learn how to do this uh, like this thing. I had a practical uh, problem. I had a deadline. Okay, on Saturday I'm going to record a live performance, and I need to learn how to use convert my knowledge of photography into video. And this is still like what five years ago or so. So what I was doing is like going to uh, Lynda.com or going to some certain tutorials online and trying to figure out, okay, what's the best way to do this certain thing? What do I need to do? I don't know how to set up, which speed to use on my camera, blah, whatever technical things, and then apply it right away. And then recently, it has been uh, learning, because I'm trying learning how to, if you watched a couple episodes ago, I'm learning how to compose, right? And then I, I had already a little bit of a, like piano classes, and then of course, being a, a drummer, being a musician for many years, uh, but I was not playing uh, melody instruments. So now the approach was like, I really want to learn the same in order to create music. Not that I want to learn it and then try to create. So these three different approaches, they were like throughout my, let's say, recent life. And they were very different with actual different results. Mm. And I think online learning, especially if you're talking like not on one-on-one, -on -one, like individual class, but like getting some courses or having option to do it anytime you want, even if it's within a certain period of time. But I think the main struggle for people is motivation to get up and do because when you, for instance, like referring to dance classes again, like sign up for your studio classes, it's not just about showing up for skills. It's like, oh, you know, your dance friends will be there or, you know, next time you'll be asked, oh, you missed something happened or, you know, you paid for a month in advance and there is no option like for a schedule or maybe like there is option, but limited to take another class. So there are external factors that motivate you to get up, get out of your house and get to the place. When you take the same course, maybe from the same teacher who you really like and admire skills, but it's like a course that there's no like time commitment that you need to show up exactly at that point. For some people like me, I love it. It's a great advantage to me. Like I can put it in my schedule whenever I want. But for some people, main like struggle is like okay it will mm -hmm. be somewhere and then you sometimes even get lazy 
to especially for physical classes dance or fitness or you know like I guess it can apply to learning any, any skill, mm -hmm. uh, but especially for fitness. I know it's like, oh, I need to get up of sofa, or oh, the fridge is too close, or oh, there is Netflix here, like, ah, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And it's always tomorrow, 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 and it sometimes transforms into never. And many people criticize online learning, it's like, oh, but I never actually do it. And I think here is the point that online learning lit really filters uh, your actual interests or needs yeah and i think that, that that's a great point like uh, so discipline is certainly one of the main i i think today still one of the main um issues with the uh, online learning because the dropout rate let's yes. say is enormous right at the same time when you have for example in our case when younger dance club that we were thinking oh should we sell individual classes or should we sell as a membership and then we thought okay a membership makes more sense because the idea is to uh, you wanted to talk about exactly this accountability and the uh, discipline of training so it's sort of like yeah you could buy and then never use it or you can let's say have uh, actually gyms are like that too right like uh, it's like you pay a membership to be able to use it. it's not like a one-off kind of a thing but one of the things that i think is the main difference that uh, at least for a person let's say we are and you're way younger than i am but like uh, we are we are from a generation that started learning because you had to yes like it was not like i see for example my nephews that or let's say uh especially the ones that are like uh, 10 13 like four almost 14 now like that they're really driven to learn certain things even like okay inside they want to learn i don't know like video game design or or they want to actually get better at video games so then they were actually being coached for like playing i don't know like for Fortnite or something like that so it's sort of like you're learning those skills but like the availability of um, things that you can go and learn because you want to and some of the best people are there and even though they're being spoiled by regular school that is actually boring and when you see especially in times of covid like the kids i remember them watching classes online i was like at least in school you had to pretend to be paying attention and that puts you in a certain let's say body position that at least you were receptive to what was going on and if they had like they're at home in their underwear just looking at the screen like it it was like there is no way you're learning anything yeah. and to be fair i was such a like cdf in portuguese you'll know what that is but it's basically i was like teacher's pet like i was super into school i was not good at doing the homework because i thought okay i got this i understood i usually understood in school and that usually meant that my grades were in the like about 80 percent and if i actually studied it would get to 90 100 but since i did not study it stayed at 80 like i remember this clearly and i remember that there are certain subjects i was really into going into the books and seeing what we're going to learn afterwards mm -hmm. and um others i was like okay this is basically like uh, i don't know like organic chemistry is basically just learning how to say names of things it was not there was no relationship to real things there's nothing that appealing to you no 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 no. they actually made it dry and they made it mm. into learning a language instead of learning chemistry yeah. right so there was those things and um just even in terms of online learning another thing that's happening now was uh so i, I mentioned all this because we are from a generation that was spoiled by school and at the same time we had a glimpse of very cool learning 
So now it's like, how do you implement that digitally in the world to create your own curricula? You know, like, so how do you, how you can combine those two elements that are important for learning curiosity, a project and discipline. Mm-hmm. right sustained periods of time where you're actually learning certain things having accountability of actually doing certain things and how can you change your mindset that it's not someone teaching you it's you learning something yeah oh that's cool i love it yeah right yeah. it's like there's no master teaching you and you should do this it's you seeking the masters let's say that's how i see and the first time that i saw this just it's out of sight of uh, online specifically but it's equivalent, which has got me so inspired about the possibilities of online learning, which was when I, when I started learning physics, like back uh, way, way, way back. I never, I, I dropped out of physics, but science has always been in my, in my mind, like my, my love for science. And I remember uh, when I started like getting into science, science popularization, Carl Sagan, like all those things. And then at some point I discovered Richard Feynman, which he was a physicist in uh, quantum electrodynamics, like the same. And, he died, I think, in the 70s or 80s. And he basically in the 60s at Caltech, they did the Feynman lectures on physics. He was teaching mm-hmm. graduate school. And then they, he said, they asked him to do an undergraduate, like first, second year course. And then uh, he said, OK, I'll do it but once. So then they were, since the 1960s, they were recording audio of the classes and taking photos of his, um, of his, um, uh, yeah, yeah, of the of the blackboard, and then they convert it into books. And even though, let's say today, it's a little bit outdated, a couple of the things because time has changed. But his style of teaching and certain ways of thinking about it, they're so unique that uh, I remember looking at it, and it was my first like, oh, imagine, and that's the opportunity we have now, which is why, like at the end of this club, with a little bit more of a let's say a longer view, like it's like. Your approach to dance, even if it changes over time, but you have this body of work of one teacher available for people to learn at any time. And I remember from Feynman thinking about this. Imagine how many teachers had different approaches and different ways of things that would just catch you. And as you were saying too, like um, about the draft and the first uh, idea, Whenever I try, like if we're teaching like drumming or like, or like dance and things like that, to me, it always seems like since we have so much content, it's like, okay, look at this first. Yeah. And then let's talk. Yeah. Right. Or at least, or sometimes it's the other way around. Okay. Let me show you this and then I'll give you a bunch of stuff for you to go work on your own time. As long as you actually put it in your schedule. Yeah. But that's the point that people some very often actually miss. It's like, first research and look and approach like oh it's not you teaching me it's like i am learning and then like approach the subject because how many times happen like we also do a lot of free youtube content and some topics like just covered there the whole video in details and everything and then someone sends a message oh by the way how to do this i was like it's in the video video. and it's right there it's not like somewhere hidden it's like right sometimes like on the top of the page somewhere etc but person just did not or sometimes even like i mean this is online space it's not a specific education line but although 
we also do a lot of like I do a lot of articles on on Instagram, especially like I like to do blo uh, big captions talking about subject this and this. So sometimes the music in the video, etc., 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 and then the comment. Oh, by the way, and the question is exactly what is answered right there in the text. Like literally on the post that you're commenting, the answer is already there, but you did not take time to read it, but you expect teacher to take time to give you personal answer. Oh, right. Yeah, that's actually a very, very interesting point. Like uh, how much, um, especially when you put a lot of like free content uh, online and the educational content specifically, how, um, especially, especially on Instagram, that the person scrolling and it has that tendency for you not to slow down to do things like it's trying to make you like consume and stay on the platform and it's not trying to make you stay in one post and really go through yeah. it you have to stop it and actually like look at it because it's trying to put every what, third or fourth post is going to be an ad so it actually wants you to scroll mm -hmm. and even if you see like how different age groups scroll at different speeds Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Why are they? Yeah, like uh, I think I saw just to give credit or credit is do I think this I saw this on <clears throat> Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk great place to learn about business by the way uh, free YouTube content amazing guy like but he was saying like uh, Why the demographic special Facebook of like uh, the 50s 60s 70s is such a great target for advertising for example because they scroll really slow on their phones mm. and they're really reading because that's what they're used to. Whereas when I see my nephews, it's, like, it's like a gremlin going through the feed. Or like uh, when I see sometimes I sneak peek into like um, when you're doing, uh, I was doing this, I was teaching this uh, um, like workshops or like, I'm sorry, I was playing at this event here in, uh, in Odessa where we are right now. And I remember seeing like, there were like some teenage girls, like uh, basically just teenage girls because like a competition uh, and then for dance. And when they go on, um, on their free time, when they go on Instagram, they're like basically like scrolling and specifically with Instagram, like I'm mentioning this and it seems to be a bit off topic, but it's like, People are using that platform, like sometimes for education, but I see at the gym now that we're trying to get super healthy, so I'm going every day. The young kids, oh, dude, those young kids, like they're like, you know, 18, 19, they have their phones and they're blow drying their hair at the same mm. time, you know, like so. And he's actually looking at like um, a tutorial for something, I don't know mm. what. So it's like, it's those, that context of learning that is changing so much, but that actually reminds me that those platforms like Instagram, they became some of the biggest uh, teaching platforms, if you think about it today. And it's also fascinating how education, online education, um, became very transportable in time and places. Like, it's not necessarily, like, of course, for some subjects, yes, it will be the case. But for many ones, it's not like, oh, you need to stop everything and just do that. Like that guy. Yeah, I, I would not Depends on the case, tutorial. But, yeah. Online education, also like podcasts, it's also oh, yeah, online yeah. education. Like, yeah. you're not stopping and listening. No, you're doing something, going for a walk, going to grocery, doing dishes, I don't know, cleaning house. 
uh, the same like thing for maybe like tutorials like maybe you can take it on the bus while you're getting from home to work and you're learning something like language to, uh, courses like how many like it's not like you need to stop get to class let's say of course some topics and some online education will require Surgery. you mm -hmm. to sit and do and or stand and like you know dance or practice on guitar or something like that yeah. uh, but at the same time it gives like that possibility that you literally incorporate it in your own schedule you're not building schedule around uh, someone else yeah. around someone else or around those learning opportunities you are bringing learning opportunities into your schedule yeah and uh, even yeah it's um it's for sure the case, but I have this feeling that, especially in these other uh, platforms that are available today, first of all, who is a teacher is different oh, yeah. than before. Like, uh, I remember, like, even just to give an example of, uh, and who, in what kind of teacher you have available too, right? So I was, uh, at some point, I was like <clears throat> looking at, um, let's say, not even the business of art, but the mindset of an artist, mm -hmm. let's say, like when you when we are at the level we are, let's say, uh, and then you compare with people that are like, let's say, on, on another level, and then they go and those guys and girls, now they can tell you about their experience and what they were feeling when they were at your uh, area. And that's the same for any kind of uh, thing. The other thing that I thought was fascinating about online learning uh, that I picked it up very quickly and uh, that would be the one, usually I don't give advice, but this would be an advice I would give to anyone, which is Google, even though it's a like evil company, it's your friend and you can go and learn things and you literally just ask what you want to learn. Mm -hmm. Like I remember even things that I would never in a million years before think of trying to do, like plumbing problems, you know, like, oh, how to fix the plumbing, the sink, the this, the that. Literally in Toronto, it's like, okay, how to do this? And in the end, I had a little bit more knowledge than the guy that we actually asked to come and do. And I am the one that actually fixed right, the thing. Right, because we called specialists and to I, come. Yeah, and I literally, oh, how to change. And the problem that I see a lot with uh, people that are very, let's say, because they had the scene of like education as first you learn, then they test you and they may, they may let you do it. Mm-hmm right? That approach. And in dance, we even see that in dance, like we had, um, not giving names, but like in, uh, we have one student that came and she says, because I was teaching with Yana this intensive on drum solo improvisations for, for dancers, which is basically when the drummer comes and he creates on the spot some music and the dancer dances. And one of our online students that also has like a practice that is like with her local group, her local teacher was saying, oh, you're not ready to learn how to do drum solo improvisations, right? And I was like, wait, but okay, maybe for surgery and stunts or making bridges, you should not put a person that is not ready to do it. Or for some but physical engagement things Certain things too. are dangerous to other people, but when it's art, learning art, to me, it makes no sense to not allow a person to actually go and try to do it, you know, like, especially when there is no harm in trying. And in other areas, for example, that I don't know why they don't use that same approach, but it's like a classical approach in drawing, for example, that is, you have to draw to learn how to draw. 
you have to make mistakes right yeah you like do you have to draw. and the teacher will sort of like adapt to your whatever you are doing he will give you feedback he's not trying to mold you into one way of doing that's one way i'm saying it's one way of teaching uh and it's not a matter of being like right or wrong but my point is more like uh because people have this condition that was the point i was trying to get at that's like if people have this conditioning that you have oh it's, it will be difficult if i need to learn it would be difficult, right? Yeah. And I always had, since I saw, I don't know, the Matrix, that it was like, they're running, and then it's like, oh, I need to learn how to, the original Matrix, the only one that matters, yeah. uh, that they, oh, I need to learn how to ride this helicopter, for mm -hmm. example. So they just, let's say, download the, that skill so that you, you know how to do it. Independently of that Neuralink version of things, imagine, uh, like, having that approach to little things you need to learn throughout your life. It's so useful if you have no resistance to it. Yes. That's my, my suggestion. It's like be not resistant to actually learning how to do certain skills. And if you say just learn, the, the, the main difficulty today is to make it sure that you, you, you create something very dumb in terms of a question. For example, if your sink is like clogged, how to fix a sink clog, a, a clogged sink, for example. like. It's that simple. And then there will be literally like this guy in Montana, this guy in Ukraine, uh, the, like this lady. I learned how to do the melody of Battlestar Galactica's uh, like main theme from a 10-year-old girl on YouTube. I still have the video. She was like, oh, I'm learning piano, so I'm trying to figure out the song. I couldn't find a music sheet. So I think he goes... Da -da 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 -da. I was like... It's a 10-year-old teaching me. And I didn't know. And I was like 35 back then. So it's uh, it's fascinating. I know we're putting a lot, at least I am putting a lot of things together. But like that's my be not afraid to learn things in parts. And I also would say uh, go for skills and knowledge, not for collection of certificates. Because right. that's a big thing in online space too. Like I once in a while like receive like, oh, but do you get certificate for courses? No, because that's not, I mean, there are certain things like university degrees, maybe, mm -hmm. or certifications in, uh, I don't know, specific... How to make bridges or open people up and messing yeah, with their Yeah, like, like that, yes, that you need to make sure that you go through some testing if you are working with other people, etc. But in certain things, if you are talking about improving our own skills, and since you have this choice of multiple courses available, multiple learning opportunities available, do the first pick based on your interest and your trust in the teacher that you like. It's not about certificate because even if you're collecting the certificate for job application, you'll get out of the job that quickly if you don't have those skills. It doesn't matter how many certificates you got. You it will be shown afterwards like oh but the skills are not there so who cares about those certificates and i think it's even bigger motivation um struggle if you enrolled in the class or course or whatever like on your online platform education for a certificate purpose rather than actual purpose of learning something that you want to learn Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, also, like, I think that depends on, uh, yeah, like, for certification, for sure, like, uh, I, 
well, this is my, let's say my bias is that like, unfortunately I graduated in communications and advertising, which is a useless degree. And I did a master's in art, media and design. And then I got a master's of design because just by principle, I would not let anyone call me a master of art, especially those people at university. Not that I'm bitter, but like, uh, like um, it was the, the degrees that I got, even though like at some point in my life, they led me to certain jobs. Like I only got my job in the government in Brazil because I had a specific degree, that kind of stuff. So, but at the same time, it's a trap and I think it's changing. And I think the certification, as we were saying, like, oh, for certain things, it's certification. For other things, other kinds of certification, they're important. But I think that world is in flux, you know, like it's changing a lot yeah, it's changing. to the point that, but we always see this from the point of view of like uh, in arts, like for example, in photography, in music, in dance and other things. Your portfolio is your certification. Yes. Right? It's your, like you have to, you can look at my photographs and you see okay Pedro has those skills. Right? Or uh, as an artist he can do that or he does this so people and then uh, the let's say the market forces that will make you be hired or not will have to do a lot with your uh, portfolio or in terms of let's say music if you have someone hiring you to be like the band like we used to have like or for you as a dancer or for me as a drummer oh i like that person's style of, of drumming they can see the photos they can see the videos that's your qualifications let's yeah. say right so and more and more the big interesting companies that are very creative even like the most creative let's say the cutting edge in terms of um, technology guy like elon musk he says i don't care for curriculum like which school you went to like as long as you know the, the the skill and so many things can be learned let's say online today but yeah certification is the next step but that will take um First of all, how can you test people? That was already a problem in, in the university because it's basically non-existent, let's be honest. Um, and uh, what about the, what the person is actually going to do when, when you have this, let's say, decentralized kind of learning too? Because you get information from different things. So is that university giving you a credit or like accreditation because you went through their program or their testing? like or other people are trying to okay if you go to business school you have to make a certain business and that's how we're going to grade you yeah. but anyway so that kind of stuff it's still i think but for to come back to what you're saying worrying about getting the accreditation is a trap because it will not make you better and at the same time if you want to acknowledge your teachers you can always do it without certificates or even courses like you just say you just go through it like so it and E for whatever reason and we are not exactly talking even about university education it's about like the courses that you took a, took a choice to enroll in whichever area of your interest but you always have some enrollment if for whatever reason you will require to go and like show them there is somewhere like something you received email like page yeah. like to the course so it's but it's not about necessarily like certificate because i remember even within the last half a year there was one person who enrolled in one of our courses and then two hours later she's like oh like but that's the certificate that's it like uh, I thought there will be some like something written more into conversation I was like wait it's a 17 hour course which you 
put complete, complete, complete in two hours and you already worrying about certificate and that it's a different design of certificate. And this is certificate which was not even my choice because I said like, as for me, for dance, I would not have certificates. I want to show me how you dance. That's how I see which level you are at. Uh, which may be different, for instance, maybe like if you're working with kids or something like that, but that's educational, mm. let's say. Maybe for certain areas, like you, if you're working with gov like, I don't know, government related, they will require you. So, but it's different. I'm talking about general like dance stuff that you're doing for yourself. You want to develop your skills. And we have some courses on Udemy, which they mm -hmm. automatically put the certificates. If I had a choice, I would take it out yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. not about, about it. Yeah, it's, uh, well, at least on Udemy, like if you want, like uh, you can make it that you have like a quiz for each class so that the person can only, you can have like pre-required quizzes for, for people. But at the same time, when you have a physical activity, it's like just because you know technically how to answer it has nothing to yeah. do with your actual skill, right? And so, but that, that's, that's an interesting problem like about for, for that. But I think one other thing I think we should mention is this idea of like, so we had this problem of, let's say, converting the analog world that you have like, a per, you have to go there, sit and learn like something and you have to take your notes and you can never really come back to the classes unless you had like VHS tapes, <laughs> like uh, my school, my, my high school uh, during the preparation for university, third year in Brazil, it's all about doing the standardized test, sort mm -hmm. of like the SATs in the United States, yeah. but it's like each university has its own. So then the third year of, universe, of uh, high school, which is our last year, uh, it's basically just a preparation for that. And one thing that my school had, this is 90s, they had like in v VHS tapes, all the classes that the, that teacher was going to give throughout the year, right? So it was a novel concept. Uh, you could go to the library and rent, mm -hmm. a, like get a, like a, a video. But let's say oh, you lost, like you couldn't go to the class because you're sick or something. So then you just go and you borrow that video. So that's one thing. But now, like, there is this other thing also that is this chaotic and beautiful way of learning that is that it's not a proper curricula and it's not the one teacher. You have this distributed learning. For example, I just give you the example like for photography, for example, it was always around like, okay, there's like what, about 10 great photographers that are also great teachers that did great courses that I um, did and they expanded not only my technical skills in photography, but my let's say, vision of what's possible in terms mm -hmm. of photography. And it's not a part of a course in photography. So oh, I want to learn photography, you know. It was based a little bit on my interests of doing like studio photography and creating images that are not photojournalistic, for example. And if I was going to do a standardized photography course, I would have to do landscapes and this and this and that. And they were never really my main interest. So my approach to that, whenever I wanted, okay, now I want to create studio photography, but with, let's say, compositing, which basically means getting an image of a different background, which was, oh, now I have to learn how to do um, landscape photography. Mm -hmm. And then I went to this one specific person that I really liked his style. And it's not like he teaches. It's someone else that figured out his style and then yeah. teaches what he does. So, and I went into that one and then... I was interested in how 
to and then the compositing part was basically some what that was the most generic one was how to do compositing on youtube and then there was a dude that has a great library with tricks of photography and says oh you should do it this uh use this mask use this magic wand tool but use it this way and select the blah 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 so it was not one curricula and it's not something that i decided in advance that i wanted to learn learn how to do composite photography mm -hmm. but no it was i want to create i want to put this person in front of a background that is not there then yeah. i go i went into the rabbit hole that was completely unique to what i wanted to do right so this kind of distributed learning that is not a curriculum it becomes a curriculum because of a project mm -hmm. let's say or i want to have that or in the case of uh, like the most recent one which was trying to learn how to compose music right it was and i was trying to trace back okay why 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 am i into this like okay i wanted to create music for this specific project we'll talk about this in another time and then at some point i just happened to see this one composer in britain this uh, uh, like an older guy there's a fantastic youtube channel that he not only breaks down software but he talks a lot about psychology of composing music and then he says and also i was only able to see his channel because he had one thing that was like all mu all western music theories in 15 minutes a class which is actually a great breakdown that he did and then i got sucked into his world of like uh, about music and then he says oh you think that keyboards are like the keyboards in the 90s no they have this beautiful sounds and that opened my mind to actually learn how mm -hmm. to compose because of the software instruments and i was staying until 3 4 5 a.m and as i needed something to to learn oh i don't know how to do this let me quickly go figure out because i was not afraid to do it yeah you know? and i also think it opens that freedom that freedom opens or solves the problem specifically in art when um, students become copies of their teachers mm -hmm. because uh, before like I mean since I start teaching I always tell students go and learn with as many teachers as possible like yeah you need to start with base like maybe with one like to get the base but after that go and learn as much as possible because if you keep starting art style with just one teacher wanting or not you start copying like his style or her style and you just become a copy you cannot create or develop your own artistry without borrowing ideas from many different things mixing them marinating and then producing something on your own that doesn't happen with studying just with one teacher and before you had literally physically go and study with different teachers now it's so easy it's like online everyone is online some, everyone has something uh, online so you can borrow like not even borrow ideas but you can incorporate their style into your learning process which will uh, contribute to your artistic individuality and also for me uh, one of the best benefits and advantages that it was revealing like understanding years and years ago even like 15 years ago then I started like doing DVD then DVDs it's now nobody really talked about online education yeah it was online education or video education but it was not a thing but even now more the fact that material is there and I can come back and review it I think it's one of the greatest 
advantages of online education if it's in the, this format that it's not just a zoom call and you're basically imitating live classes but you're taking all advantages from online education because every time you go through material you will realize how many things you missed when you were watching it first time mm -hmm. and this is the greatest this is like not just the sadness that I had taking dance classes or workshops. You go through a workshop, you spend two hours, amazing, cool. You may record even like a summary at the end, but you cannot come back to those like points of, okay, but how was that movement? Okay, but what was that concept? Like, and every time teacher was saying, oh, don't worry, you'll probably take out just 50%. Like, but no, I want all 100. <laughs> and with online classes, I can just come back and review it. And okay, it may be not, 100%, but 80 or 90 from two or three times reviewing at different stages of your own skills. Uh, mm. Because when you develop and maybe educate yourself with something else, and then you come back to the material that you already learned in the beginning of your whichever journey, you understand that material from different level and you are more open sometimes to understand or incorporate uh, more things, uh, more things from that. Yeah, yeah, for for me i don't know it's i don't know i just have so many uh, like uh, like conflicting ideas about this because it's a complicated subject but it's like yeah like learning online and by online i just mean like that you're not literally present with the teacher right then and uh, whoever is like teaching you a certain something but as you said like this idea of being able to come back to that uh, to that thing it's so important and even to the point I was just thinking about this like uh, as you were saying not only as there's decentralized learning but there is like the sources of learning that you don't think of them as learning but they're so important like uh, podcasts especially while well, if you're watching this you actually sort of agree with this already but like it's just as a way to formalize the understanding of what's going on podcasts audiobooks I, i'm an audiobook like fanatic Li lately for the last year or so it has been more podcasts that have been consuming but it has been um but audiobooks are still part of like a big part of uh, like my thinking and the books less to be honest like way less than uh, than they used to be but i'm an audio person and visual person by by nature in general so i would rather listen than read if mm -hmm. i can um but even those things that you don't think is proper learning there's so much part of learning like for example when you get like a, and here we, we we comment on like even the name of this podcast that this this show the artist day that is based on an idea for an exercise from a book by julie cameron right uh, the, the artist way and um how much you learn from those people that are doing let's say a weekly show that uh, that is going on and then slowly you start picking things about that uh, that subject mm -hmm. and then you incorporate certain elements of it so is that learning like yes it is like even business uh, or when you see like mm -hmm. mindset business all those things that are like let's say this life tools and i think that's also like something that it has been happening now that i think it falls into the um, into the world of uh, online learning that is, people have this, now people even make fun of it, like the, let's say, self-help movement and people trying to, like, uh, learn this life skills and things like that to the point that you have life coaches these days. But, like, but the principle of being guided through a complex life and having different kinds of people, like when you have Louis Hike, 
to, to name two podcasts that are amazing in that sense, like Lewis House and uh, Tim Ferriss, that they basically interview people that are great at different things and they have like this, let's say, structured way of approaching the knowledge that those people can bring. In the case of Lewis House is the School of Greatness. And so much that, oh, that person gave me such an idea, let me dig yeah. into that thing and that becomes your learning. And that's interesting how I think I didn't listen to uh, Tim Ferriss show, uh, but Lewis House I'm also listening, and I love that approach because they basically share their own learning journey. Like yeah. they are trying to learn something new, so it's not they are recording necessarily about the subject that they already know, and it's just oh, it's for educational purpose to share. It's like no, let me learn something and. Uh, good side effect and the idea of podcast that they are basically uh, sharing online. So it's like you are learning together with them and this is already a little sense of some like you know online community too like that's cool about like podcast with that kind of approach i really like so yeah. it's like oh you already feel like you're not alone and that's the best way for because we are also like podcast hosts and i know for me like for balladance live podcast people are like, oh you ask so good questions like yeah i'm asking what i'm curious and i bet mm -hmm. i'm not the only one curious on this <laughs> right yeah and the and the, about podcasts too like the other way like not only let's say that you have a host that guides you through that one way that I remember uh, I saw a couple live on a comic-con of all places because they were talking about their process of uh, drawing mm. as they were drawing it was a very interesting experience comic-con Toronto you know, 2009 or 10 uh, and some great comic book artists and basically people in the audience could just call out questions and they were basically drawing while they're doing it. They had like this projector that was showing what they were drawing on the, on the, on the, on the wall. And they were basically just this working artists, like for Marvel, for whatever, like, and they were just telling you what they, how they worked, what they did and all that. Not a part of a curriculum. The questions, it's not like they are the teacher. If they're going to create, oh, what you should know about comic books, uh, it could be great or but it would may not be that question that that boy or girl that was asking. And that's what this other person in the audience, in my case, was like what I wanted to hear. Mm. And not only that, like that was amazing. Then I actually filmed it, saved it. I even posted on YouTube, I think, back then. Um, and then since then, I've seen many uh, podcasts that were like panels, basically the same idea. Let's say panels with uh, one person just asking things. and different artists that in that case was like editors or like movie directors or writers and they were talking about their different approaches to uh to writing for example mm -hmm. it's not part of a course yeah it was not part of a course it was just a podcast about script writing and what i got out of that and I don't even use it for script writing. I use it for creating concepts for photos. Mm -hmm. Or I use that for like another, like this other sort of like multimedia project that I'm, that I'm working on. I'm using his approach to do that. So it's like, is that part on, in terms of online learning to take it like this interconnected web in, of, uh, of skills, but they're not formalized. It's like, oh, how do I do this or that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's very interesting. I guess the main like idea or message on this note is kind of like follow your own curiosity, learning curiosity, and just take the whole like full benefits from all tools, including online tools that are 
really available and really shifting and uh, uh, making the the world different, how yeah. we function, how yeah. we think about it. And also another takeaway from this, and I see that because everybody um, has this thing of like being a bit hesitant about learning things because they think it's going to be too difficult or they, and I'm certainly one of those, like you procrastinate about starting to learn certain things because you think it's going to be super complicated. But as you say about following your curiosity and also don't be afraid of making into a project that is right now that you're working on. Because that's one of those things that to make it, made a big difference for me, like in music, for example, right now, like I even did a song for you that was like learning. <laughs> I learned to learn, learned to sing the thing. And uh, I, mean, I did not sing. It was terrible. But like, uh, it's Sank. like, a, no, like, uh, like in Ukrainian. So, which is even different in the language that I'm trying to learn that is Russian. And then it's like, oh, let me go back and then go back and then go back and try to listen, see what, what was going on. <laughs> no, but then also learning how to do the arrangement of the song. And I said, okay, I have a deadline, January 3rd. This has to come out because I have to give it to Jan as a gift for our anniversary, right? And, but I remember, like, I thought I knew the song that I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. I thought I knew it. And then as I listened to one version, another version, come back, what kind of arrangement can I do? What kind of uh, instrument is going to work, you know? The person, what kind of key, in terms of, tech, te uh, in terms even of, like, uh, like mus musical, um, theory knowledge that I already had, but then it's like, okay, this thing is in like E flat major, which is this weird key, you know, that I'm always a half tone down. And then I was like, okay, maybe I can transpose. So there's like this other things all around it. And you just, okay, you go it and you find ways of learning things and you learn the skills as you need it. And of course, one of the things that will happen, because it happened to me with video, it happened to me with music, it happened to me in photography. Um, if you don't, one of the disadvantages of not having a formal education up to a certain point when you start doing things is that certain things you're going to do very inefficiently. Mm. You know, like... Oh, even you had this probably before when you were exporting a video. And then I go, oh, why don't you do this thing? And they're like, oh, damn it. I was doing it manually. Like, and I have that too. Yeah, of course. Like, so, but the point is like, you actually was, you actually were working on something. And this idea of like, start before you're ready for making art, but also for learning. I think that's one of the big takeaways that I think why artists are usually uh, good learners in that way, because they have a... Uh, Good learners, not in terms of school, because they really are not, uh, but like uh, in terms of they will learn skills in order to create something. And that for people that are usually not in the art world, they're in awe that you can do that. I get that all the time. And I think that's one of those things that is like a gift that from that experience we can bring to people in that sense that it's like, do not be afraid. First of all, making a fool of yourself. So go and try to do the thing, even if it's bad. It's better to exist in the world than to not exist in the world. And the people that are going to be judging you for the creation of that thing, if they're going to not be pushing you up, if they're going to say, oh, you should not have been doing that, they should not be of any concern to you in your life unless they're trying to steal your arm. That's a very strange thing to say. <laughs> but like, unless they're really a problem in your immediate future, but they should be of no consequence to your they thinking. They should deal with their own stuff. Yeah. Not poke nose in yours. Yeah, and uh, that's one of those things that I think is very important. And uh, so basically this idea of like, follow creativity, 
curiosity, also putting it into a project-based thing. It's like, okay, I want to try to create this and then that will teach you the skills yeah. and you'll see, you will see what's unseenable. And the other thing too that I think lastly that I think is important to, to mention to, to people is that find ways to make it uh, part of your daily routine and have it as a part of your schedule, that kind of uh, learning. Like you do it very well. That's one of the different approaches. I go in bursts, right? It's like, yeah, I go into this like fast skill acquisition and then I do the, those things. And then usually goes to, to a plateau. You're much more disciplined, which should take you usually like a bit longer. Depends. Like, I think it's uh, different approaches. Like for you, you are more focused on either your interest or project deadline. Like, you know, like, oh, you need to learn this skill. So you go and learn, spend like two days or a week nonstop, yeah. but you learn it. Like for me, I prefer to consume um, material in small chunks. So sometimes like, and for me, my main uh, learning like, I mean, I can't really say main. I mean, no, it's main. It's dance related. And then I still do a lot of other ones, but the main one is dance related. And for me, in my personal experience, like if I got a two hour class workshop from great teacher, I really want to learn. Like, I know I will not have enough energy to some very often, actually, like to push me through. I would rather divide it into like, two or three but one hour like sessions or even like 40 minute or 30 minute sessions so i give myself um permission to take it slow on my own pace whatever it, it means for me and sometimes it will be like in one day i'll do two hours but usually like it's easy even for me to schedule if it's a smaller chunk i know it's easy to incorporate in daily life and because i want to learn i don't want to stretch it for too long so that also helps me to to stay like you know motivated to do it more or less on a daily basis yeah but uh, i think there's something to be said because i learn uh, let's say i learn fast and i learn and i can be like focused and obsessed on something and then i learn until i, I learn that thing but that's great for the beginning but it's not great for greatness, mm. you know? It's one thing, like even I was looking, for example, comparing when I was practicing, and you can see on past episodes that I was mentioning that I was learning the Turkish style of drumming, for mm -hmm. example. And now that I got so consumed with, uh, with uh, electronic music, I was not practicing. And also I was playing, when I was playing drums uh, these days here in Odessa in festivals, I was doing the Arabic style, which is a little bit different. So my, daily practice that I was sort of doing in uh, in Turkey here I was not doing so when I picked up the drum to try to play in uh, in Turkish style a lot of things that were like let's say on the they had a seed of being nice I was even saying like even here I did like some training it's like oh okay cool I can do this uh, thing that was like uh, nice but then at some point when you stop practicing consistently it atrophies immediately. So there is a balance to be to be had and in the, the moments also in life that you need to do certain things. But this specific is also about developing physical skills. No, I'm not necessarily like even if it's like for photography, uh, like in uh, in creative things, like for example, when you start pay, if you're photographing a lot, you will pick up the solution to how you want to light a scene. I'm mm -hmm. talking about photography in the terms of like creating creating the light in studio, mm -hmm. for example, you'll pick up way faster 
then uh, it's not about mm -hmm. physical skills. It has to do with the physical memory of the body, but it's more about the, uh, in this case, it could be something like that, but it also it's um, what you're used to. Mathematics is the same. Yeah, just for me, like working on dance skills is developing physical skills and developing physical skills, it's all about consistency. It's not about like chunks of three hours, but like once in a month, like, no, it doesn't yeah. work like that. It's better like 10 minutes, but every day, if you're working on physical skills. So that's why it's kind of different subject. It's not about online or in person. It's yeah, whichever sure. education yeah. for like physical. Oh, I thought like for drumming, it's also developing skills, physical skills in your hands. It is, like yeah. it's about, it's different kind of topic. You know, like. but I'm not, I'm not talking about like, uh, what I'm saying is uh, the drive to learn. So we, mm -hmm. we were talking about, let's say, follow the curiosity, doing like not being afraid to put it into projects and then the discipline of it. I, mean, I was talking more in the discipline of it independent of being online or like, yeah, because if you're having one class per week, it doesn't matter. Like, and you're going just practicing when you're having the class, it's not going to be, uh, to, be uh, to, to, give, uh, to give results. But uh, yeah, like, so in terms of like suggestions for people, like besides listen to more audiobooks, more podcasts and uh, um, uh, put those things you're putting off to learn, try to find a couple to really try to go and learn. Even one thing that is a cool kickstart that we, one of the first episodes when we tried to do the artist date, it had a different format, we never released those, maybe one day we will, but it was like, go learn something different. Even if it is, let's say, go to a drawing class or go to whatever kind of class that you go into and do that on purpose of something you want to learn because so many people have never stopped to learn something. Uh, and also the idea of adult learning, but not, it's not even adult learning. It's the idea of learning on purpose because you want yeah. to learn that thing. It's so alien even for kids in our society you know, that um, we're not used to it. I don't think for kids, like in the video game examples, like they go and learn on purpose something that they want to learn. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. 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 But in school, it's basically boring, yeah. boring, boring, let me go to my crack, which is video games. It's, yeah. it's, different. it's different. Like, uh, I'm saying that it's not necessarily adult learning, it's uh, on purpose learning, right? It's just what I'm saying by adult learning, usually what people try to say Conscious is that, learning. no, you're not, on, you're not obligated to go to get a certificate you want to learn because you want to learn, mm -hmm. right? And that's one of those, uh, those things that uh, also, like maybe lastly, um, first, thank you all for staying with us if you're until here right now. Uh, oh, we should mention that if you want to leave questions, comments, or have subjects that you'd like us to, to address, you can go to yanadance.com slash artist date and go there and take a look. Don't forget to, if you're in YouTube or Rumble, to smash the like button. <laughs> uh, but if you're still with us. And, um, but I think lastly, one of the things that, um, it's not something a bad note, but like how much the bad teachers are being exposed today because of online learning that for example i remember having one teacher in university trying to teach me about COBOL, which was like this programming language um and uh, c plus plus and whatever else like uh thank the lords i don't need to deal with that anymore but like it's not my thing but i remember okay there's mit course on c plus plus that i found and the first 20 minutes that I watched, it's for free, anywhere, you can just go and watch. It showed me 
what that guy made it so complicated you know and now there is um i forgot the name of the course but there's a Khan academy or even things that i would i'm actually thinking of coming back to those things as um just because of my own interest because i used to love mathematics physics astronomy like those kinds of things and i miss having that element in my life and not necessarily in the terms of like art creation which that will certainly be the case that it will appear but it's like i remember being interested in for example analytical geometry when you get to write down an equation that represents a physical like thing like a, a sphere or something like that I saw this advertisement for this that they had on actual Instagram. Uh, they show the formula and they show the image of what it actually represents in a 3D space. So they construct like, oh, it's a circle. So it's X squared. It's now a, like a, a sphere. Mm -hmm. It will have the three dimensions and it will become a sphere. Oh, you want to make it elongated? Just add these elements. And in 10 seconds on, you, on, on Instagram, with that visual, I was able to understand so much more about what's going on in mathematics that was incredibly difficult and dry and boring. Uh, they were trying to get you to, be, to see the answer to that specific problem so you could pass the test. And that's a shield to the beauty of mathematics. And I think that now is being those barriers are slowly being uh, broken down by other approaches of teaching things that we never thought about before. For example, in, in, in music, I'm using something that I learned from you in dance. I mean, mm. Not from you specific, but in dance. Like when I'm practicing my drumming, I'm doing it in front of the mirror. Mm -hmm. It's not a thing, as far as I know, that it would be in front of the mirror to play. Right. You can do that for the oud as well. They would recommend put a little mirror in front of your left hand and try to figure out where things are. But for drumming, and also the other thing that, is, that is, exists now, not necessarily online learning, but the ability of cheaply and safely and easily record yourself and see your performance mm -hmm. in anything that requires, that could be, let's say, physical activity, like in terms of drumming. So I put the, the drum in front of the mirror, me in front of the mirror, and then I see what I'm doing with my hands. Even little things like if my elbow's down or if my elbow's up, it will make a difference in my speed and what I'm able to do and what's the ideal scenario for how am I supposed to play. It's a simple tool that existed for, for thousands of years, but now it's being incorporated because of the online opportunities for learning. And then those things that is one thing when you're playing and then you put the, the camera and then you see instantaneously because it's as if you're seeing someone else as if you become your own teacher yeah, it kind of uh, forces you to develop skills for self-guidance and self-coaching in a way like you use information delivered from teacher but you need to find tools to do self-check <laughs> unless you every time try to go to teacher and like oh give me like a personal class and uh, uh and uh poke on my mistakes but even with that if you, you do it which is great it's also a great tool but it would be way more beneficial if you learn to do those like self-coaching yourself so it's a combination and i think it, it definitely changes the approach to education in general yeah and i think that just to sum up it's like online learning is sort of like an element 
of learning mm -hmm. that is a new thing. It's like as if you could only learn from books. Like <laughs> you could maybe, I guess, but books are tools, just like the online um, space right now is a tool too. And that's what we've been trying to, to not only learn for ourselves, but also to, to give back to people and like to, to explore and, uh, and uh, teach. So I guess with that, this has been Artist Date. I am Pedro Bonato. This is Jana Komarnitska. And any last uh, thoughts? And looking forward if you have any comments or questions.